Don't touch that dial. It's the American Grooves Radio Hour with your host, Joe Laura. Uh, jazz started in New Orleans, and this uh, tiger rag happened to be transformed from an old quadrille that was in many different tempos. And I'll no doubt give you an idea how it went. This was the introduction, meaning that everyone was supposed to get their partners. Get your partners. Everybody, get your partners. And people would be rushing around the hall getting their partners. It'd maybe have maybe five minutes lapsed between that time. And, of course, they'd start it over again, and that was the first part of it. as recorded by young Alan Lomax for the Library of Congress in the late 1930s, Jelly Roll talking about the early years of New Orleans jazz. In fact, jazz being born in New Orleans, which I don't think is really disputed, but we're talking specifically about one of the earliest jazz tunes, Tiger Rag. Tiger Rag was recorded around 150 times between the first recording ever made of it in 1917 until around 1946. And that's a little bit beyond the years of American Groove's radio hour, but it's close enough. And, you know, I kind of consider it as sort of the Johnny B. Good of jazz. Johnny B. Good, that famous Chuck Berry tune played by every rock band since the beginning of time. One did not play Johnny B. Good or no one, you know, usually a request. Some people did it. And Tiger Rag was much the same. And not only was it played as Tiger Rag, it turned up in so many different other forms, from jazz bands to piano players to Cajun bands. You name it, everyone had a version of Tiger Rag, oftentimes not called Tiger Rag. We're going to explore a little bit of this. First, let's start with the first ever recorded version of Tiger Rag by the original Dixieland Jazz Band. Now, they recorded it six times in their recording career. The first time they recorded it was for Aeolian Vocalion Records, and that was at their first session for them in August of 1917. And while the original Dixieland Jazz Band was the huge rage at the time, they, they really brought jazz to the forefront and they had a residency at a club in midtown called uh Risen Webers, and they played tiger rag every night it was a sensation they recorded it for aeolian vocalion but not too many people bought it why because aeolian uh incorporated a uh playback method called uh 
vertical, vertical recordings. I don't want to get, it's kind of technical, but basically you couldn't play an Aeolian record on a standard phonograph. Uh, you know, RCA Victor at the time known as Victor Records, Columbia Records, they had the largest share of the record buying public and you couldn't play this record on their phonograph. So it just simply didn't sell. Uh, they recorded it maybe six months later in March 1918 for Victor Records, and that's the version that everyone knows. But here is the absolute first recorded version of Tiger Rag, 
The original Dixieland jazz band's trumpet player, Nick LaRocca, who was the leader of the band, claimed authorship with other members of the band on that tune. But as Morton said, the tune had been around for quite some time. It had folk music roots, French folks, folk music roots. And um, they adapted it because they lived in New Orleans, that band. And I, I really have a hard time disputing what Morton says. Morton, of course, was quite a braggart. He could spin quite a yarn. But so much of what he said during the Library of Congress recordings, which people just laughed off at the time, a lot of it proved to be true as scholarship in jazz progressed and we found out more and more information. And I'm going with Morton on this. In fact, here's a little excerpt from his Lomax interview, another part where he describes the second strain of the tune, uh, which he felt was played originally back in the day as a waltz. Check this out. And the next strain would be a waltz strain, I believe. So what was it about Tiger Rag? If you listen to the original Dixieland jazz band version, it's really chaotic. And this music just really, really was revolutionary at the time. Music just simply wasn't played that way for most people. And uh, they were like a punk rock band in many ways. So many people saw them that way. It was radical music. Everyone was afraid that their daughters were going to descend into hell if they listened to that music. And all the same stuff that happened with rock and roll and rap. And same old story. That's what jazz was. And, and Tiger Rag is a great example of that sort of chaotic up tempo uh, abandonment that early jazz had. So let's move on. We have a lot of versions to get through. So here is a wonderful piano solo from 1933 by Art Tatum. Art Tatum's Tiger Rack. Thank you. 
refrain that comes right below, uh, right beside it. transformed by your performer at this particular time. Tiger Rag for your approval. Who named it Tiger Rag? I also named it. It came from the way that I played it by making the, the tiger on my elbow. And I also named it. A, a person said once, that sounds like a tiger howling. I said, fine. To myself, I said, that's the name. So I'll play for it. <laughs> Thank you. 
Shapes, Forms, and Origins of Tiger Rag, also known as Hold That Tiger. And we started this little section with a tune called Boot It by Benny Moten and his Kansas City Orchestra recorded, I believe, now Russell Fine will correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was recorded in 1929 in Kansas City. And uh, it's Tiger Rag, kind of a souped-up version of Tiger Rag. And one of the several uh, pseudo-Tiger Rags we'll be listening to. But then after that, um, a wonderful explana- further explanation of the different strains of Tiger Rag by Jellerol Morton, who, of course, takes credit for naming it Tiger Rag, but he doesn't take credit for writing it. He tells us that Tiger Rag, uh, uh, you know, regardless of what Nick LaRocca from the original Dixieland Jazz Band said and insisted and copyrighted, was actually a tune older than the hills with French folk origins. Now, um, 
to give you a, a bit more of the variety, that was Roland Smith and his Rascals doing a vocal version. They were one of those novelty groups that imitated a jazz band with their mouths by scatting and going, you know, imitating a trumpet and a trombone. And they were Mills Brothers takeoffs, but they were a little rougher than the Mills Brothers, a little bit more interesting in certain ways because, boy, the Mills Brothers were smooth. And here is their version from 1931 that Roland Smith was inspired by. The Smooth Mills Brothers, Tiger Rack. Hold that tiger, mm. 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 hold that tiger. Where's that tiger? Where's that tiger? Here's that tiger. Where's that tiger? Here's that tiger. Where's that tiger? Here's that tiger. 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 Here
complete with jug, C melody, saxophone, playing the melody, a flute, <laughs> and you name it. They're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at that version of Tiger Rag, recorded in Chicago in 1929. So now we have a jug band, a piano, a jazz band, Jelly Roll Morton, all kinds of people loaning us their tiger rags. And this is Joe Lauro, the American Grooves Radio Hour, where every Sunday at 4 o'clock and 10 o'clock, we play original 78 RPM records from my collection. Nothing but pre-1940 stuff in general. And you're listening to us at WLIW-FM Southampton over the air at 88.3, serving eastern Long Island and southern Connecticut. If you happen to be a bit further up island, as we call it, Western Suffolk, we're at 96.9 FM and streaming at WLIW.org backslash radio and on all of your favorite streaming platforms. We are listener supported. WLIW FM, Long Island's only NPR station and the only place around that'll let a crazy man like me spin 90 year old records two times a night on Sunday just for you. And tonight is Tiger Rag, Hold That Tiger, the many different versions of the jazz, Johnny Be Good, as I call it, a tune that was played by everyone near and far. Speaking of far. Here is Django Reinhardt and Stefan Gopelli's first record recorded in Paris in 1934, and guess what it was? Tiger Egg. <laughs> Thank you. 
Paul Howard's Quality Serenaders, their take on Tiger Rag that they call Charlie's Idea, written by their clarinetist, Charlie Lawrence. And those who really are up on their Louis Armstrong Hot Fives might notice that the trumpet solo is a total quote from Louis Armstrong's Hotter Than That classic Hot Five recording. Or is it the Hot Seven? I think it's the Hot Five. Anyway, yet another version of Tiger X. Let's go into some different genres right now. Here is a group uh, known as Masters Hawaiians, a little Hawaiian duo. Basically, they weren't Hawaiian. They were guys from down south known as the Kelly Brothers and slack key guitar, guitar, their version of Tiger Rag that they called Hawaiian Hurricane. And we're going to follow that. We're going to go down to the bayou with Happy Fats and his Rainbow Ramblers, a little Cajun dance hall band recorded in the mid-1930s. Thank you, Wade Falcone. I've had a bunch of collector friends contribute some tunes for me, primarily the ones that weren't called Tiger Rag. And in fact, Happy Fats's version, also, you wouldn't know unless if you played it, he called it Sean C'est Tiger. <laughs> I think better known as Hold That Tiger. So here's Masters Hawaiians first, and then Happy Fats.
Fats and his Rainbow Ramblers recorded for Bluebird Records down in New Orleans around 1936. I don't think it was released till 38, but who cares? That's what Wade told me. Anyway, uh, the many different versions of Tiger Rags. I, I think I've come to the conclusion that Tiger Rag rarely, really became a tour de force for bands. It was a, it was a tune that was easy to play. It loaned itself to improvisation and became a feature for so many of these bands to exhibit their musicality, their great soloists, and it was played by jug bands, by piccolos, by guitarists, fiddlers, you name it. And um, I think I'm going to go with Jelly Roll's assertion, though. Um, I don't think it was written by Nick LaRocca. I think it went way back before that. That was many years before the Dixieland had ever started when I played the Tiger Rag. Of course, we named it Tiger Rag, but we had a lot of other numbers around that it was supposed to be good. For instance, uh, we'll say that's a plenty. That's a plenty of, no, we won't say that. We'll say Panama. That was a very good hot number, and we played it pretty good around there. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a little novelty here for you this evening. We're going to take a little trip through the jungles, you know. And we want y'all to travel with us. Because that tiger's running so fast. Takes about seven courage to catch that baby. So I want y'all to count with me. I'm gone. I'm gone. Look here, boy. I'm getting away from here. Oh, baby. 
Louis Armstrong and his version of Tiger Rag that he called the new Tiger Rag. The toward the force of Louis and his great trumpet playing, playing up in those high seas and uh, the rest of his band. And, you know, we're about at the end of our exploration of Tiger Rag. Hold that tiger uh, here on the American Grooves Radio Hour. And I think I want to leave you with a unissued recording. And since we played Lewis, we're going we're gonna to go to the 1920s trumpet cornet gods. And here is Bix Biderbeck with his first band, The Wolverines. Here is an unissued recording of Tiger Rag recorded for the Jeanette label by his band, The Wolverines, recorded in 1924. And folks, I hope you've enjoyed the American Grooves Radio Hour tonight. We'll be back next Sunday at 4 and 10 o'clock, so please tune in. And until then, keep listening. WLIWFM Southampton, 88.3 on your radio dial, and at WLIW.org, and all streaming formats.